With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. Yeah, I wonder what hot mic situation happened besides me sneezing on that last uh, that last episode. I'm terrified to know. <laughs> that was that was my biggest screw up so far uh, on this podcast. And you know what? If that's the biggest one, I'm doing okay. I'm doing yeah, okay. Well, it depends on how many people listen to this episode. <laughs> we'll be able to gauge. <laughs> that will be the tell. But the fact that we went from a, the same number from the one prior to that to the one after that, even with the screw ups, uh, people yeah. at least kind of like us. So thanks, y'all. <laughs> yeah, my bad, y'all. I got a new computer and did not organize the files where I thought I did. And somehow the podcast ended up in my documents folder. Um, Classic. Yeah fixed now and uh won't do that again but yeah sorry that's uh what was i gonna say it's just funny like i mean you can tell how much we actually edit and how much we don't like that's how good we are (laughs) you know (laughs) we we really don't need to edit too much out i mean or make us sound any like more professional or anything like that the other complaint that i had was i was just super quiet yeah, I had to fix that in that one that you had clicked on there. My favorite part was when I told, so Heather hadn't caught up yet. And then you told me that and I told her that and she listened and she's like, the first thing all I heard was you telling him to scooch up to the mic because he was too quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Dying. because She was at work when I told her this. So yeah, this uh, yay for us. That was well done. Jesus. Hey, this is why I told you we should listen to our episodes. No, I should just be smart. <laughs> it, it's the way we get better, Brandon. I don't have a comment to that. That's not appropriate <laughs> for everybody else to hear because I'm not going to say it just in the case of I might screw up again. So, <laughs> No, I'm sure you'll be all right. Uh, I'm just I'm loving this tweet that I sent out. So oh, in one with Kane on the team now and people are like, he technically is not on the team. He's He's not playing. Oh, Lord. Well, let's introduce who we are before we jump into that here. So we are the Hockey Tell West podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick. So yesterday was the wildest day in hockey news I've seen in hockey Twitter in the longest time. And it all spiraled around one specific post. And that was Jonathan Berggren got called up to the Red Wings. Yeah, people are losing their minds. <laughs> because okay. we're like, so why is this happening? All that, but. What that got that got buried and all that for a second, but everyone was like, "Oh my God, somebody's being traded!" And then it turned out Larkin's a little banged up, so you know. Well, why would they not pull up Austin Sarnik? Because if they called him back up, I think Bergie might put holes in the walls of Van Andel Arena, as he should. Not just with his shot, with his fist. <laughs> yeah, as he should. I right. would like to see a little Bergy fight this year. He, he, he the last close. game we watched before tonight, Bergy was throwing, he was ready to throw hands and he didn't. And, you know, hopefully this call up 
settles him down a little bit, but I do love feisty burgy. Who doesn't? Yeah. A little mustard on that burger. Jesus maybe a couple, Christ. maybe a couple of jalapenos make it a little spicy. I don't know. Oh, there you go. But that obviously wasn't the biggest news that day. It was that Patrick Kane is a Red Wing. Who cares? Who would have thought? You know, it's funny because I got dinner before the game tonight uh, with a coworker of mine who's from Chicago and he's been a lifelong Blackhawks fan. And I was like, so how do you feel that Patrick Kane's a Red Wing? And he's like, seeing him in the practice jersey today was the weirdest experience he's had probably in his life as a Chicago sports fan. I mean, he's got to get used. He's got to be pretty used to it. I mean, a lot of people leave Chicago to come to Detroit. You got, you You know, know, it's fair. Chris Chelios and people don't usually go the other way, you know, from Detroit to Chicago. No, they usually take steps between and end up in Chicago. Peter Morazic. Yeah. Anthony Manta. (laughs) He hasn't ended up in Chicago yet. Yet. Insider news. Oh, it was Anthony. That's what you said. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Anthony. Before I ask you the question, I'm going to say this one thing. I'm not here to talk about Patrick Kane as a person. I am not educated enough to talk about Patrick Kane as a person. I'm educated enough to talk about Patrick Kane as a player because I don't do the research in that angle. And that's definitely something I could do better at as a hockey fan. hundred percent. And this isn't me discounting anything that's happened in the past or whatever. I just don't know. So I won't talk about it. You weren't there. I wasn't, I wasn't there, but you weren't in the room. Jesus Christ. (laughs) These are the questions people want to know, Brandon. Where were you not, in 2010? On that date in 2010, probably watching the Red Wings beat another team, hopefully. Um, but no, again, people can have their opinions of the player or the person all they want. And there's been enough other Red Wings podcasts that have talked about the person. I'm not here to talk about the person. I don't know the person. The player, if you just boil it down to stats, this is a gamble that I am okay with Steve Eiserman making. Why? Because it's costing us almost nothing. It's a one-year deal. If he ends up on LTIR, there's still space for high-paid players on this current Red Wings team to end up on LTIR. So it's really, I mean, if you get the best of Patrick Kane, so let's say three years, four years ago, he had his best offensive output seasons. If you get even remotely close to that Patrick Kane for one year at $2 million, you are GM of the year, hands down. The chemistry he has with Alex Debrinkit right there is worth it in itself. And the mentorship on the ice, I'm not talking about off the ice, on the ice he'll be able to provide for players like Berggren, like Valeno, like Raymond. The things he's going to be able to teach them are invaluable to the success of this franchise going forward. Because whether we like it or not, Patrick Kane is probably one of the most knowledgeable hockey players when it comes to hockey IQ that there is in the league. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what Lalone, Debrinket, and Eisenman had all said as well. Is that his hockey IQ is what is is off? It's off the charts. Yeah, it makes it's... the game easier for the ones around him. And that's I mean, he was more. He was mainly known as the assist man, correct? Or was he more? Goal? I mean, he was everything. What he was known for when I watched Patrick Kane play hockey was that when the puck was on his stick, his stick never stopped moving. The stick was always in motion. He knew where he needed to put the puck, when he needed to put the puck there. 
he's just he doesn't stop thinking about hockey off the ice either from what i've understood through interviews he's just he's all hockey and whether we like it or not because of his past with the blackhawks as a blackhawks player this is a big deal for him because yes he has a no move clause on his his contract we can't trade him at the deadline for for assets or whatever but at the same time to get a contract beyond this year, we're going to need to see the best that Patrick Kane could possibly be out of himself. And we don't know what that is yet. It could be 10 games like Nicholas Backstrom did coming back from the same surgery where he had one assist, 10 games, and then decided to retire. It could be that. Well, it's going to cost the Red nothing. Backstrom played 40, 45 to 48. Was it 45 to 48? Well, this yeah. season he played 10 and then decided to finally hang up the skates in reality. Correct. But like, it's it it makes so much sense when I think about it in big picture for Eiserman to take this gamble, and I don't blame him for doing it. And from what I read, he's the only GM that flew to Toronto to meet Patrick in person and have that conversation. Like he did the right things to get Patrick Kane's buy-in, and we I mean we beat out his hometown team. That should say enough right there. He sees what this team is building. He sees that there's potential here. All he talked about in his pressers were playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. And when you get a player, even if it's just for one year, $2 million, when you get someone that's coming in and talking, I'm trying to help this team get to the playoffs. That's so, so important for where the Red Wings are at in this rebuild. Do you think that that's Eisenman's plan then? That's his expectations this year is to make the playoffs? Off the record, I think playoffs are his expectations. I don't think he's going to go fire people if they don't make the playoffs. But uh, this is the this is the truest sign to tell me that Iserman has his eye on the playoff within the next year or the following. So you think Patrick Kane's with us next year? I don't know. I don't. Th- I, it's so if we get three seasons ago, Patrick Kane. Yes, Patrick Kane is a Red Wing next year. Next year, hundred percent. If we get mediocre Patrick Kane, no, we're going to fire him off into the sun and then everyone will celebrate that doesn't like him as a person. Well, I I think the biggest thing, too, is he's 35. Yep. That's practically dust. I mean, unless you're Yager, yeah. 35 is dust, but... Yeah, I mean, they make Russian people different, Brandon. They they do. (laughs) It it just can't go under... Patrick Kane's probably one of the most talented American-born hockey players to exist. And he the just the knowledge that he'll be able to share with these players will be worth the $2 million this year. Whether he's here on the team next year or not, that knowledge and growth that he can share with these younger players who can just sit there and absorb it with him, it's going to be invaluable. Why Why wouldn't he just retire and become an like, uh, assistant or you know, like a coach? Well, because I mean, if he did that, he'd probably be in the Blackhawks organization, and I don't think anyone wants to be in the back office teams of or back office personnel of that organization because they've had Why? a rough week. Why? What else happened? I we don't need to get into that here. Everyone knows. <laughs> Where were you Everybody during knows. the Columbus trip, Brandon? I was home. <laughs> I was not with Bernard's mom. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't. Okay. I I feel bad for Bedard and his family, honestly. I do. Twitter ran with that so bad. Like, it was funny, sure. But I do. There's a part of me that's like, 
this is an 18 year old kid and the whole NHL fan base just put this family through hell for two days. And the Blackhawks did no, no favors to him to silence it until they finally were like no player or family member was involved. Um, yeah. Could you imagine like just being in that situation? You're the star player. You're the generational talent to this team. And now you're the butt end of the joke in the locker room. Like, Oh my God. Can you just imagine being his mom waking up on Twitter that morning and be like, Oh, what's going on? I did what? (laughs) With who? Yeah. She only thought about it. No, I'm kidding. But Uh, we've seen posts of what it could possibly really be. And, uh, Sounds like a screw up on Corey Perry's part. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. He they brought him in to be a mentor and a father figure, and it started off okay. You know, we all saw the videos of him practicing his shot with Perry in practice after the game and stuff like that. They brought him in to be a father figure, but not uh, not a stepfather figure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, what we needed to go to was away from all this other talk to uh, the Griffins played a game between our last recording and now, which was tonight against the Chicago Wolves. And, uh, and what a game. You were there. What? I was there. You were not because Wednesdays are impossible for you to come to the game, unfortunately. You're lucky you had me recording tonight on the night last month Eve day or whatever you want to call it. The Last appreciation the for you, the appreciation I have for you cannot go understated. <laughs> um, but just remember the appreciation of we're going to finish this recording probably by about midnight. And I'm going to turn around and edit this and post this tonight. So hopefully if we record, you post the right one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anyways, let's get into this. So going into this game, been. we knew we knew Bergen wasn't with the Griffins. Obviously, he's with the Red Wings. He played well. Uh, the, did he? Yeah. Good. That's all I want to see is just him playing well. I have nothing. Almost scored. Nothing against Bergen. Like, I know we've called out, like, no sellies on goals and his attitude lately and stuff like that. Like, I want this kid to be successful. Like, I want him to be a top six player in the NHL. And I think he's got the potential to be there. Don't don't get me wrong. You think he's sellies in the, in the NHL? I hope he does. I hope he has. I hope he does something better than the gritty. If he does, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to yell at him next time I see him. Jr. Like, I mean, he's in Detroit, but not here. Come on, man. If he did the gritty in Detroit, I would probably just buy his jersey. <laughs> Get ready to change that number. Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so the Griffins face off without him tonight, but they do get a, a slight boost back, and Elmer Soderblom was back tonight in the lineup after his battle with the flu that seems to be going around the locker room. And uh, that perfectly segues into the next part of this conversation with tonight's game is that Michael Hutchinson got the start tonight. And the shutout. And the freaking shutout. He played a great game. We'll talk about that. And but an assist. And an assist. <laughs> As soon as we posted the lineup tonight, the instant reaction was, where's Kosa? That's all I've heard this week. Between Berggren and Kosa, where are they at? And Antituamisto. No where way is to figure out where these people are, how long they've been sitting, why are well, we they know, playing. We know how long Tuo's been sitting, but we know how long Kosa's been sitting as well. And here's what we can assume, folks. like There's a flu bug going around this locker room. There definitely is. And I don't think Kosa is at 100%. I don't think he's at the point where he needs to be sat, like scratched, and they got to call up someone from Toledo. But he's not at 100%. So Hutch has been kind of rolling here. They've stayed with a little bit of a hot hand as well. I mean, outside of Sunday's game, 
Hutch has been pretty darn good. And tonight was no different. He had an incredible game. I've noticed what, what I've noticed with Michael Hutchinson is the nights where you see him flashing that glove and he starts really making a point to show that I'm flashing that glove. He's going to have a freaking good game. Yeah. And that's he's exactly what he was doing tonight. Oh, that, that's his signal for I'm in the freaking zone and you guys are screwed. But breakdown of this game. So this game starts and the Griffins come out pretty good. And by pretty good, I mean at the 16 minute, 19 second mark of this period, the first period, Zach Aston Reese gets his second goal of the season, assisted by Simon Edmondson and Michael freaking Hutchinson. Hutch gets the assist on this goal. And we got to hear Rick Astley, and all, all all the vibes were good at that point. That's my favorite part is this, the Rick Astley song coming on just puts me in a good mood every time. But I always love when I bring people to the game with me that I get to like explain to them that hey, they have individual goal songs, and that guy picked this song. <laughs> it's always That's a good line. Thing. Oh yeah. Um, but as I said, the vibes didn't stop being good in that period because at the 18 minute 50 second mark of this period, Amadeus Lombardi gets his third of the season from Shine and Spezia on a bang bang play, entering the zone. Just great defense, great zone entry, great passing, and Amo buries this puck. And the kid was pumped. Do you think it was just like the dads that were sitting there? They're like, "Let's get this kid a goal right here." You know, like it kind of felt like. <laughs> It kind of felt like it a little bit, but at the same time, like we talked about last episode that Amadeus has been making the lines that he's on better and that line particularly needed a boost. And man, has he been a boost, especially with like Spezia's stats. Like I think he's a plus six now. Um, It's uh, it just feels good. And like I I, I posted uh, the goal on Twitter tonight and I told Red Wings fans, I'm like, be patient with this kid. Like he's going to take some seasoning in the AHL. And if you listen to the Wing Wheel podcast interview with Dan Watson, he even talked about like his player, like players that most of the fans don't really pay attention to, but should be paying attention to because they're not like the top draft picks. And he pointed out that Amadeus is going to take some seasoning, but this kid is going to be special in the fact this is what i loved about watson in this interview was it wasn't like if he make, becomes a red wing it's he's gonna be special when he becomes a red wing like this is it's on the books for him to make that trajectory at some point it's just gonna take time we've seen it and i think people are and i was mad about this too like I, i'm siding with the other fans is he he's put on the fourth line does not deserve to be on the fourth line but <laughs> I don't know if that's really Watson's fourth line either. I don't think it is. I think it's his um, third. And if it is truly the fourth line, Amadeus isn't there by punishment. It's it's there yeah. to, a, to help. how do you handle this adversity of being put on the fourth line and how can you make them better? And I, it, it's it's kind of an approach that I would take as a coach and I really like it. I kind of want to see him with Lesby a little bit just to like help get Lesby going as as well. I could see that change. So what you're saying, like, because Le- Lesby's been paired up with Cross lately, so you're thinking like a Cross-Amo-Lesby line? Oh, that'd be that dangerous. could be yeah. dangerous. As long as, Le- as long as Lesby goes to the net and plants himself in front of it, that is dangerous. That would be a good. And then I have Albert and Simon as the D. Oh my god, yes. Um, or even Brogan. He's been doing well too, but... yeah. 
But anyways, back to the game here. So that was the end of the first period there. Great start for Grand Rapids. They will 15 shots to seven on Chicago in this period. Zero complaints from me on how they played. They came out rough, tough, and just completely fast. managed the game. And fast. Good. Dude, I know we just got done talking about it, but Amo looked so fast tonight. It's it's just, he, the kid has wheels, man. And those wheels, when they get going, they go. It took him a little bit. I was He's thinking about I was thinking about him today. Is like we we noticed in the beginning of the season he was pretty slow, and I was like, this is not the right aim, like Amo. This is not what we saw in Flint, even in training camp. And I kind of feel like you had mentioned that he was playing safe in the beginning of the season. Do you think Casper's kind of still in that situation too, of kind of playing oh, but- safe and not like do turnovers or do crazy fancy? Like he's adjusting to the ice too. But yeah, I'm, I I'm I think safe. I think what we see out of Marco Casper will be the same thing. I know we have a question about this that we'll answer towards the end, but I think we're going to see a lot of the same development path that we saw with him with Simon Edmondson and Albert Johansson. But we'll talk about that more later for sure. Uh, but I, I I know exactly where your head's at on that one. Second period though, Griffin's come out again, still just as fast. But Chicago did chart start to wake up here because this period ended nine shots to nine. What the only goal of this period belonged to Mr. Zach Aston Reese gets his third of the season and second of the game with Dom Shine getting the assist on that, his second assist of the game. We had to hear Rick Astley again. I mean, it, the, the vibes were good. And I'll, I'll point this out too now that we're, you know, second period in here. The vibes at the beginning of the game, I was like, uh oh, this is it's, it's quiet. It was quiet quiet in there for a Wednesday. I mean, only 4,700 in attendance tonight's, at tonight's game. It took a couple goals to get the fans out of their shell a little bit tonight. So uh, props to the boys for finding the energy to keep going here. But Griffin's come Wednesday out of this day for Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Griffin's come out of this period, though, with a three to nothing lead. Uh, like I said, nine to nine in shots in that period. No complaints there. Here's where it gets interesting. So come out in the third period, uh, one minute, 46 seconds in, Tara Hirose gets his sixth of the season with Zarnik and Mazer assisting. Griffins go up 4 nothing. It was all Chicago from there. Chicago ends this period 16-2 to in the shots, just trying everything they possibly can, but Michael frickin' Hutchinson, dude, stood on his head. This is where I started to see that glove flaring around the net there. He was making stops that he shouldn't be making at his age. And, oh, my God, I, I was loving every second of it. Now, there were some questionable, questionable calls on the Griffins in that period there by our favorite official in the AHL, Grady Hamilton, which we'll, we'll talk about. But the Griffins withstood everything Chicago had to throw at them. And I should also point out that Chicago pulled their goaltender Keith Kincaid at the start of the third and put Adam Scheel in there, and he still let up a goal. Obviously, he had a uh, not a rough night on his end. He stopped one for two, so his stats are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kincaid stopped 21 of 24. It was just really interesting to see them pull because none of the Griffins' goals were Kincaid's fault. Not a single one. He just got the defense in front of him got burned, and he was left hung out to dry. So Probably just trying to find a spark. I get that, but that's not the way I'd approach getting a spark when you have a veteran goaltender like like Kincaid. But end result here, Grand Rapids wins 4 nothing. 
some things to point out. Chicago went over five on the power play. Penalty oh, kill was good tonight. Good. Penalty kill was good tonight. Again, I ain't getting excited about any stat line from a game against Chicago. They are not a good hockey team. But fired. these are the games where you find your rhythm. Um, and the penalty kill definitely did tonight. But the Griffins also went over three on the power play. Not good. We've seen the power play lacking lately. That's that's a big question mark on the team right now. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna call it out as it is. This official Grady Hamilton, dude. I don't know what he has against Grand Rapids or any team that he's co- or refing against at home. Trash. Just trash. We should- I watched Carter Mazur get beaten down in a corner. Get up, laugh at the guy. Austin Zarnick, being the veteran he is, steps in. Drags this dude to the ground in the middle of all that, and Zarnick gets the penalty, and so does Mazer. This guy walks away scot free. What the heck? It was that's what gave them a five on three in the freaking third period in a game where the goalie's going for a shutout, and he got it. But dude, awful officiating. This official it might be the worst in the AHL. We've looked at games where there's no Griffins involved. Dude. We've looked at his games against Rockford and Milwaukee, stuff like that. He's terrible, horrible. We should we should track it real quick, like not right now, but we should track it later and see how many penalties he puts for the home team and then the away team. This might be his highest penalty game all season. It's so weird that we Honestly, track this. <laughs> you know, we so we went deep into this when the Griffins had the only sixteen power play opportunities. We started looking and we started looking at games across the central, and there was one name that came out across the central and low. Power play games for the home team. And who was it? Grady Hamilton. So weird. And I mean, in reality, Chicago had five power play opportunities. Griffins had three. Yeah. Right on par for the stat line for him. Trash. Terrible official. Does not know how to officiate a hockey game. His linesmen are significantly better at officiating a hockey game than him. If there was a bet for the over-under, we'd win it every game. Every game. <laughs> and you know what? It always seems like his linesmen, too. Uh, which are William Hancock and Christopher Willis. You know the Lions person I'm talking about who's got the long hair, looks like he's oh, yeah. a younger dude, and just looks like he's always vibing when he's out there. That was one of the guys tonight. I don't know which one of the two he is, but he needs to be moved to a different officiating crew because I love that dude. He's my favorite one out of all of them. But, dude, Grady, get your you-know-what together. Oh, my God. Like, I didn't even think at first it was him. And then I looked at the number on the roster at the end of the game and saw that his number was 41. And I was like, yep, that's the ref that's called it all game. I'm pretty sure he called six of the whatever penalties that happened on the ice tonight. He called all three of the Griffins ones. Or sorry, all five of the Griffins ones. Jeez. Yep. But thoughts on this game. You got to watch a little bit of it, right? Yeah, I got to watch the basically a third okay thoughts from you before i get my thoughts i thought hutch played fantastic uh super happy you could tell like when he's got that flair he's he's vibing he's seeing the puck he's you know he's he's doing his thing so i was happy that he was able to get the shutout that's the most important because the it wasn't the last game but the game previous and that he gave up that shot on the last it was the goal on the last shot and i wanted it was to have short-handed a shutout as a breakaway that we gave up and guess what it happened again tonight and he 
freaking he, stopped he it. Saved, yeah, I almost clipped it too just to post it, but I was like, uh, I already posted another one of his saves. So, uh, yeah, just huge. That was huge. So I'm super happy for him. Hopefully they're feeling it. And like this creates a bigger issue now with the organization with goalies. <laughs> Because Alex Lyon with Detroit is just playing out of his mind, too. So it's like, what do we do? Who do we send down to us? Do we send anybody down? Because Hutch is playing so well. And like you said, Kosa's not. hasn't. He's been pretty invisible the last few games. He hasn't played. Exactly. So um, the one thing that I want to call out, though, is so we sh- we shouldn't we should mention this. Is the and we got an answer on this this week? Is that the AHL is so stingy with information about injuries? Uh, the team is as well. So, yeah. like we asked where it T2 is, hasn't played since game two of Colorado. So, we're assuming he's injured. Uh, who was the other one that was announced? Like, Watson was mad that it got it got leaked. It wasn't Watson that was mad about it, it was, it was Spence Simon that got mad about it when it was leaked. And it was, uh, I think it was Albert. Uh, Cross had mentioned his injury last season, and he got that's what it was pissed yeah. that the injury was announced. So but, the AHL teams don't like that stuff coming out. But the the weird thing is, the last they announced that didn't they announce that Ammo was sick and that's why he was out? Or uh, Albert? I think, I, no, yeah, they Bob had mentioned he was battling the flu uh, during a broadcast. I think it was Sunday. But they they have not mentioned that. Well, we haven't listened to the games because we've been at them. But I don't think they announced that Kosa was sick. No, the only thing that we had to tie to Kosa being sick was that Hutchinson was sitting in the back room uh, or back locker room of that Wednesday game against Chicago in the early morning. And everyone assumed that he had been sick. And that's where we figured out initially that there was a bug going around this locker room was that game. Uh, so, so the goalies... One goalie's sick. I'm assuming the other goalie's probably going to catch it. So here's the thing. This bug has made our goalie way better. So this might be a good <laughs> thing that Kosa is sick. So I think yeah. people need to start watching this here in a second. Because since Hutchinson's been back from that illness, he's had two games where he's only let in one goal. I'm probably like 50 shots or so. Yeah, you know, it can't go understand that Michael Hutchinson has been playing really good hockey. And we'll talk about goalie our goalie situation more after the ad break, but uh, it, it can't go. It can't go understated. Hutchinson has been really, really good for this team. We're gonna get a super Kosa coming back. Super Kosa. <laughs> <laughs> I am here for it. If that's the case, I am here for that. Any standouts from the third period that you watched there? Besides Hutchinson, obviously. I really liked that Sarnik stood up for Mazer. Now, it wasn't Love a standout that. play, but I really liked that he went after him pretty fast. And that was kind of missing the last game is that, like, the die got hit in the corner and nobody went after him. Like, nobody stood up for him. So, uh, for Sarnik coming back, being able to do that was awesome. What'd you say? For what? Didier? Didier or Didier? There you go. Yeah, for Didier. <laughs> so when Didier got hit, nobody stood up for him. So I was like, come on. Didier is always the first person to jump in the scrum, go after people. So to see Sarnik, who's been gone for because he's literally been in Detroit for the last three weeks. 
tonight was the first game where I felt like we've talked about, is there a leadership struggle? Again, we, we can only speculate. We don't know. We don't, we're, we're not cool enough to know that information. We're not there. But tonight was the first game where I saw like moments where like Shine was getting picked on and Didier stepped right in and had the whole circle of Wolves players around him as Shine skating around the circle looking at it from the outside going like, okay, like Didier just stepping in there, being the captain, being that leader, taking over the situation. It, it, it's just little things like that that you notice as you start to watch this game way too much as a fan. And you're like, okay. I see I see a balance starting, and, you know, it's all about balance. It is so. all about balance. You have to have the right mix of veterans and right mix of rookies. Yeah. For balance, to be able to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Calder Cup Finals. I don't know, Calder Cup. I was waiting to see <laughs> if you're still listening. I'm always listening. Good. But, no, this is a game where I definitely saw, like, the current leadership core like Zarnik, who's wearing an A now, stepping up for Mazer, Didier stepping up for Shine, like all of that stuff happening. Like I'm like, okay, I see, I see things falling into place. And yes, it's a again, it's a game against a really, really tough, not tough, really bad uh, Chicago Wolves team. Uh, I I don't want to peel away too much from it, but at the same time, when you start finding your rhythm as a leader in these games, that's good stuff. So. I had mentioned when Sardik came back that he was wearing an ATU at the game. I went back through our notes. He was announced that game, the first game, an assistant because he didn't. There wasn't a captain announced that first game. Correct. So they the named assistant all, captains. They named all three. They named uh, Sardik that that night. We yeah. had just forgot because he's been in Detroit. So right, Rafferty, Rafferty was wearing an A while Zarnik was in Detroit. And then Zarnik came back and was wearing an A, and Rafferty's not. I'm assuming they'll alternate. I bet you road games we see Rafferty wear an A, home games you see Zarnik wear an A. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's the right leadership group. I'm still yeah. on board with that. And Zarnik right. being a part of it, which he wasn't last season, is super crucial to me because I think he is one of, if not the most key offensive player on this team. Yeah. So the, the um, offense and power play have been running differently since he's been back. The attitude of the team is different too. A little more feisty. Yeah. Which I like. Speaking of feisty, somebody I want to point out from tonight's game because it's important for Red Wings fans, Carter Mazer. Carter Mazer took two penalties tonight. Again, his enforcement like conduct penalty in the third, I don't agree with. I just think that's a terrible official. Uh he also took a hooking penalty in the game. He's He's got to calm that stuff down a little. It's starting to look like Simon and Cross at the beginning of the season where we're like, hold up, wait a minute. This guy's causing trouble. He's He's got to balance that stuff out. It, or if he's going to be that guy, be that guy. Start throwing the big hits. Start throwing hands. Be that guy. He's. This was one of his games where I'm like, I'm happy he got on the score sheet with that assist on Taro's goal. But also, this was kind of a forgetful game for Carter Mazur, in my opinion, from the first two periods and on. I am, honestly haven't really noticed him or Cross while they're out there, which Cross is weird. Is really quiet, man. I don't like so, it. it. It's so strange because last year those two were just like popping off. And so now like this year, like I don't know what Carter's doing or what's going on, but he's just he's just not noticeable a whole lot. 
tonight's lines, uh, one other standout that wasn't there besides Peregrine getting called up was Cross Hannes wasn't in the lineup tonight. Again, we can probably assume that it's the flu. Uh, the lines go as followed, though. Top line, Per Griffin's on Twitter. Hiroshi Zarnik Mazer. Second line, Aston Reese Get- Gettinger. Let's be. Let's be. Ugh. Second or third line, Soderblom, Casper, Stevens. Fourth line, Spezia, Lombardi, Shine. So, defense. Edvinson, Johansson, McIsaac, Rafferty, Wallander, Didier. And no just so you know, the goalies were Hutchinson and Kosa as the backup. But no 2 <laughs> We don't know where 2 is. Where's 2 He's dealing with the cold. <laughs> I think he's actually like severely injured, and that scares me. I'm gonna, I told but, you, I'm going to try to go back through this week, and or maybe Tuesday. He played the. Fr- I went back through. He played the first two games. Or he, oh, he played one. No, yeah, first two games in Colorado. That was it. I know against I wanna, Colorado. I want to see if there was an injury or if Bob's in, uh, says anything. Oh, two was out. You know. Oh, he went down hard with that shot, or you know. Well, so after the first game in Colorado, after they did the uh, first two games against Colorado here, there was no game day preview, so we don't know. Yeah. Well, no, I just mean like just listening to it on the. On the oh team. yeah, that's fair. Just going back through. I mean, those are good games to watch. We won both those games, so. Sure. But anyways, yeah, Cross was out tonight too, and if it was maintenance day, who knows? If it's illness, who knows? Getting this information from an AHL team, damn near impossible. But I agree. My final thoughts on tonight's game before we hit the ad break. Good game. Good game. Good overall, boys. good good team game. Great Puck team game. In their net, pucks out of ours. Yep, can't complain. All, All right. about balance. Oh man, <laughs> that's we have, we have to like describe like what that's from on a Patreon exclusive one day. Yeah, we can do it tonight. Sure. But anyways, let's send it over to Raycon and DraftKings, who I've not placed a single bet on yet this week because it's too early to place football bets. It's Wednesday. Those are for tomorrow. Well, if you had to listen to the last two episodes, it probably would have reminded you to put a bet on. No, because there was no <laughs> ad there because I'm dumb. That's but why anyways, I would have reminded you. <laughs> here's where the real ad is right now. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. This weekend, we've got the big game, Michigan versus Ohio State. Michigan, if you take the spread, is minus 3.5 points. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsibly game, gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the NHL of the National Hockey League and copyright NHL 2023. All rights 
Reserve. This holiday season is always chaotic with the amount of NHL games, AHL games, and football, and just our crazy schedule in between. Maybe too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because of their early Black Friday sale that's going on now. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like Everyday Earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. The one item that I'm going to be looking forward to is their faucet filter. Ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you can use to wash your face and brush your teeth, as you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. No wonder their products have racked up of tens and thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon product. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Uh, Griffins have two games coming up Friday and Saturday. I'm super excited because Friday's game, I don't know if you know this or not, but we did sign Patrick Kane and a conditioning stint could be in the future. It's not coming to Grand Rapids. So his first game would be Friday. I've seen so many people ask this and nobody has given a response. So maybe, but at the same time, there's no chance in hell. Yeah, there's There's no chance in hell. I guess he's been skating for like three months, five on five, four on four, three on three. Like he's yeah, he's, that he's was fine. His conditioning. Yeah, he's not coming here. I I thought so, but then and then I got super disappointed that he didn't because I was like, what do you mean he's not going to do? Con- oh, I mean, okay. I've seen crazy instances where players suit up for conditioning stints. You know, we've seen what we saw last year. Uh, with those conditioning stints. Those conditioning stints ended up being permanent, except for abdicator. <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> I've Jacob seen in the Rana. past. Yeah, I've seen in the past. You know, I've seen Osgood suit up in a Griffin's uniform. I've seen Jimmy Howard suit up after he was a Griffin in a Griffin's uniform. I've seen McCarty suit up in a Griffin's uniform. I've seen it all. Patrick Kane ain't gonna throw a Griffin's uniform on. No shot. So, but the Griffins do play two games against the Milwaukee Admirals. One home, one in a one away. The home game is Friday. The away game is Saturday. It's so weird. I don't like it. It's different. I don't love the setup of it, but I'm not like mad about it. What I do know is the Friday game is the red kettle game. That's why I threw the red kettle jersey on before we recorded. We're supposed uh, to wear red that game. I will wear one of one of the red kettle jerseys I own to that game. Which one? That'll be the mystery. You, you, I know which one you're wearing. It's the blank one because yours is hopefully in Austin Zarnick's hand getting signed. You will be in correct, sir. I am? Yep. Ow. I will be wearing my Austin Sarnik jersey. And will you Maria have it back will, by then? Maria will be wearing my blank one. Wow. Throw the blank one to the girlfriend. Wow. Yeah, because I would assume that that jersey will be signed and ready for me to pick up Friday. God, I hope so. So... And this has been the saga of this podcast. We might not we might not have anything to talk about after this gets signed. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, we 
Might have to find another one that needed to be signed. My most cider jersey. I was to say that you bring that one behind you, but that is signed. You jerk. So beautiful. I haven't been staring at you this podcast. I've been staring at that jersey. Anyways. <laughs> Questionable. <laughs> I've seen that look twice before. Anyways, yeah. The Griffins take on Milwaukee on Friday and Saturday. Home and away. Friday, Red Kettle game, which will be specialty jerseys for the game, and then an auction during and after, we assume. Uh, then $2 beer and $2 dogs, as it is always on a Friday game. Classic. Chuck a puck at second intermission. Not during the game. Not during the game. Last time we played Milwaukee, we beat them one nothing. No, we no, did we not. <laughs> Last time That's we played Milwaukee, we beat them two to one. We are one and zero against the Admirals this season because we've only played one game. We have seven games remaining against that team, including this Friday and Saturday. Milwaukee so far this season. 16 games played, 9 wins, 6 losses, 1 overtime loss. They have 19 points. They are third in the Central, 2 points out of first place. Man, have they turned it around since the last time we talked about the Admirals. Really? I thought they've been doing pretty good. Well, the last time I remember physically talking about them was the season preview where I said they were going to be pretty good, but then there was a point where they were like second to last in the division, but then now we own that spot. So... So yeah. big four points on the boards for this weekend. We need to get both. Honestly, huge four points on the board. Huge. I think uh, this will the good recipe for this too is that they're split. So usually when they do a home and home, they split the series. So maybe we can get one home and we can get one away. Like my thinking. Are we this. still like only like one win on the road so far this season? And it yeah. was against Milwaukee, so I'm just give kidding. us the cup no now, idea. baby. I have no idea if it was. I think it was. Um, actually, what? Well, I think last, it was. Yeah, I think we're right on that. On the last ten games, Milwaukee is five, three, and two. This season so far, they have 52 goals for, 49 goals against. Their goal differential is looking pretty darn solid so far. They are 17.1% on the power play, 6 out of 7 in the division so far this season, and they have a penalty kill that's solid, 85.5% uh, on the PK, 2nd out of 7 in the division so far this season. Uh, lowest power play opportunities in the division. This is something we've talked about this year. Uh, lowest right behind us. Uh, they have 41 so far. We're right above them with 48. Rockford leads the division still with 62 power play opportunities. Just a stat line we like to bring up as we've made it a point uh, pointed out so far this season. So that's a thing. Their last game was Saturday, this past Saturday, against Rockford, which they won in overtime, 3-2. to two. Troy Gross, Grossnick got the start in that one. He stopped 26-28. They don't play again until this Friday against Grand Rapids. They've had the whole week off. So we can only assume that Friday in Grand Rapids, we will see Askarov in net. Ooh, that'd be a good matchup. Which I'm hoping by that point we see Kosa in net. So Kosa versus Askarov, which is what every Red Wings fan wants to see. They want to see Kosa just stop Askarov. What do you think? What if you think that Dan Watts has been doing this? Just sat him out and build up. He's playing chess while we're thinking checkers. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Wadi strikes me as that coach. <laughs> Give him some time off to get prepared for Askarov. <laughs> I like that move. Uh, Dennis Gorianov leads the team in points so far. 15 games play, 15 points, 5 goals, 10 assists. He's a plus 6. And Mark Janikowski is second on the team in points. Uh, 15 games play, 13 points, 3 goals, 10 assists. They're rookies on their team, which I thought this was interesting. So they had three kind of standout guys at the Nashville Predators, who is their affiliate, drafted in the last couple of years here. Uh, Fedor Svechkov, 16 games played, 5 goals, 5 assists, 10 points. He's a plus 6. He's the highest scoring rookie on their team right now. He was a 2021 first-round pick by the Preds, 19th overall. And then Zach Leherooks, I'm sure I butchered the crap out of that. Uh, 16 games played, four goals, five assists, nine points, but he's a big old minus five on the team. He's also the team's penalty minute leader with 50 penalty minutes. Yeah, 50. I had 16 games. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, 3.13 penalty minutes per game average for this kid. Uh, But he was a 2021 first-round pick by the Preds as well, 27th overall. So both him and Svechkov got picked uh, in the first round of that draft. And then Yakim Kemmel, 16 games played, four goals, four assists, eight points. He's a minus one. He was the 2022 first round pick by the Preds, 17th overall. And, you know, it's always going to check in with a former Griffin, Jasper Weatherby, who currently plays with the Admirals. 16 games played, one goal, four assists, uh, five points. He is a zero in the plus minus category with four penalty minutes. So he hasn't been doing too much over there, but He's about right on pace for what we saw of him in Grand Rapids in his tenure here, which was short. Goalies. Askarov and Grosnick are split eight games of eight games apiece on the season so far. Which is interesting. Yeah. I thought Askarov would get the workload. Uh 16 goals against in his eight games. He's got a 1.98 goals against average and a nine dot or sorry, dot nine two one save percentage. Legit numbers. numbers. Yeah. This is his third season, right, in the AHL? Second. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah, he's good. (laughs) 202 shots against 186 saves so far this season. Not bad. Troy Grosnick, he's been around in the AHL for a while. He's got his eight games as well this season. 24 goals against. 2.98 goals against with a .895 save percentage. 229 shots against. 205 saves. He's had a rougher go of it with Milwaukee so far. But with this, prediction time, knowing these stats about the Milwaukee Admirals, what do you see happening on Friday and then on Saturday? I think we win Friday. I think we lose Saturday. Uh, Just based off of what has been going on, I mean, like I said earlier, it would be cool if it was a, a, you know, we took that mentality of Getting this, getting both wins this weekend, one home, one away. So that's typically what this team is doing. But uh, to string together three wins in a row, it's not something we've seen in a long time with this team. Yeah, no, I don't think three in a row is going to happen. And unfortunately for this team, I'm going to have the opposite thought of you. I think they lose on Friday and win on Saturday. That see, I didn't want to go that route because I'm going to be at the game Friday. <laughs> I'm not going to be at the game Saturday. Because it's in Milwaukee. I haven't seen this Griffin's team string together two wins in a row since the home opening weekend. Um, so if I'm following the betting lines, they they don't win Friday. 
But, but, this is a little bit of a different team than, than Milwaukee saw last time. This team has Austin Zarnick back in the lineup. Without him, we walked all over them. We're a little bit more sound defensively than what we saw back then. Because we have Albert yes, Johansson back too. We do. And also on top of that, we also went from, you know, the games prior to our last Milwaukee game, giving up 21 shots in the first period to not doing that anymore. So I think the team that Milwaukee's about to see is a very different team, but I think we're also about to see a very different Milwaukee team. I'm not going to lie. There's a part of me where I feel like the first three game win streak can be strung together here. It really could. Oh, you're, you're super positive. I mean, again, when they come home from a Griffin's win, you always feel super positive about what the next game could be. And again, I'm a realist. Like I said, I think they will lose on Friday, judging by the trend. If they do not lose on Friday and they win, they will win on Saturday. I'm very confident in that. I think I we see Sebastian Cosa back in net on Friday. I think we see a Griffin's – if we see a Griffin's win out of that, I think we see Hutchinson steal a win in Milwaukee on Saturday, which we haven't seen our goalies have to have the opportunity to steal a win yet this season in the way Hutch is playing right now. I think Hutch can steal a win. Yeah, I I feel I, Milwaukee was doing so well until we played them and then we, we kind of got them, you know, I, I, either Milwaukee was asleep that last game or just didn't, wasn't ready for us. So I feel like we could come into this game. Hopefully we feel like we stole that game because we shouldn't have won it. So hopefully today or Friday when we play, they don't come out flat. They have to come out fast. They have to be on it. Like if once they start fast, the rest of the game is an uphill battle for the other team. Like they put that pedal to the metal and it's, it's there. Like the Griffins have it. They've lost a few based off of just like weird stuff, like fans throw bucks on on ice, but like things like that, like it's or a bad ref call, you know. I see Grady Hamilton's name on the score sheet Friday night. I'm gonna throw hands <laughs> to who? To Grady Hamilton. Um, <laughs> do you, you want to make a sign? Greedy, oh we see God. you. Don't be greedy. Give us some penalty time. I don't know. We'll find something. <laughs> we'll take suggestions on that one. But yeah. no, I mean. I agree with you if they come out fast. Now, when we played in Milwaukee a couple weeks ago on that weekday game, we came out pretty evenly matched, but then we just drove them into the ground on the second period where we had like, what was it, 21 shots to like six or something like that? Yeah. That's not the Griffins I've seen in the past couple of games where the Griffins have come out fast in the first periods and the second periods have been kind of like the, oh God, what's about to happen? And then third periods were a third period team. We play really well. I'm really hoping that we see Griffins come out fast like we have been and then also see that drive them into the ground second period like we've seen them play against this team before. And then the third period is just going to probably be up in the air where we'll be on our heels defensively because that's just kind of what it's been if we have the lead at the second period. You know, the other team comes out and puts up 12 shots to three, four, five, whatever. So, I don't Again, if we win on Friday, I feel like we win Saturday. If we don't win on Friday, I still feel like we win Saturday. But if we win Friday, Kosa gets a win, and I think Hutch steals a win on Saturday. That's my prediction. I think you see this game continue to be a breakout game for Amadeus Lombardi. I think you see Marco Casper continue to play well. 
And I think you see, hopefully, Joel Esperance uh, continue to find the back of the net. He didn't find it tonight, obviously, but hopefully we see what he was able to pull off on Sunday. Or not Sunday, on last Friday um, against the Moose. Hopefully we see that again. SB goals are good for the economy. They're great. Great, great for the economy. Good for the vibes, too. Yeah, they do help that. I mean, new dad goals are always good. (laughs) But anything else you want to add for the Milwaukee game before we jump into the most fun topic of the organization right now? No. Okay, so now let's move to the most fun topic as a Red Wings fan. Are you ready? Yeah. Hope so. Goaltending. What about it? Well... I wanted to ask your opinion as we see Alex Lyon starting to flourish as a Red Wing. And if you go back to our season preview, it was Alex Lyon will be the goaltender with Sebastian Cosa in Grand Rapids. Uh, that don't look likely no more. Yeah. Did you say Alex Lyon, the florist? Flourish. Oh, okay. If I said florist, I'm going to sound like a moron. No, that's what he wanted to be. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to the I'm joke, sorry. Brandon. <laughs> that dude is a freaking vibe, dude. I love that guy so much. But no. Um, yeah. My thoughts, you th- Alex Lyon. I love the guy. He's great for team. He's great for the fans. He's like our Jamal Williams of the Lions. Like, he is our guy this year. Uh, everybody, like, even after whatever happens the rest of this season with Alex Lyon, we need to have him back next year. Get rid of Reimer, ship him to the moon, send him to Edmonton for Kelvin Pickard. I don't care what we do, but we're keeping Alex Lyon. Like this guy is just, he's good. He he is like George. We (laughs) haven't seen George in a while, but Alex Lyon is like our, our guy to root for this year. The honestly, like, Rhymer is so weird. He hasn't been playing great. He got the shutout. And then so we're like, okay, we can maybe root for Rhymer. And then he has then he had a couple bad games. Huso is still kind of like I don't know if Huso's our guy in that, to be honest. He he hasn't played well. He doesn't have a shutout yet. He hasn't done there's some boneheaded plays like tonight's game. He if he didn't give up the rebound, we probably would have won that game. Uh, we would have been closer, mm-hmm. maybe a point. But, yeah, Hutch has played well. He's got the hot hand. He's. I, I could see this, we keeping Hutch after the 25 games. So you presented something very interesting there that I hadn't thought of. What, keeping Lyon for next year? No, Lyon's here next year. He's in a two-year deal. Oh, yeah. Reimer's on a one-year deal. Yep. Do you trade James Reimer to Edmonton for Calvin Pickard and send Calvin Pickard to Grand Rapids again? I mean, Pickard's not having a great time in Edmonton, I can tell you that. Nobody's having a good time in Edmonton. <laughs> McDavid wants out if he wasn't making a billion dollars a month. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that guy got... would be signing with the Red Wings too after a hip resurfacing surgery. We'd have McDavid and Kane. What is the NHL going to do about it? Could you, can you, like, sorry, I had this thought earlier today. Dylan Larkin, 
he has got to be like living on cloud nine right now. He goes oh, from yeah. he goes from Lucas Raymond on his one wing and Tyler Bertuzzi on the other. And then he turns around and this year he has now Patrick Kane on one side and he has Alex Dabrinkit on the other. Like this line is going to explode. The he's amount doing what like, he deserves. Yeah. He's, like, he's got to be like, hockey gods, thank you so much right now. Um, right. He, even if they don't keep them together. And they nothing bad about Tyler Bertuzzi. Will, but... Like I'm not I'm not slandering Tyler Bertuzzi, but it's just like <laughs> If you're the um, Leafs coach, you're ready to beat up Tyler Bertuzzi. You saw that video I sent the other night. He's screaming yeah. at him on the bench. Oh my yeah. god! Who do you know who was on the wingers for Larkin? His like first season. First season, no. But I just know last season was Raymond and Bertuzzi. Just like that, like can you just imagine his like elevation of <laughs> who he started I mean, with? That just shows you the elevation of just like strictly <laughs> adding Alex Debrinket to this team, like what yeah. it did. But on the goalie side, I mean that I I hadn't thought like Edmonton was a trade possibility because who knows what the hell is going on there? Nobody really knows. I mean, they said that they would explore opportunities outside the team and internally, meaning bringing Jack Campbell back to the Oilers. So I don't really know what Ken Holland's doing. I don't think he knows what he's doing out there. It sucks that this is going to be like the the stain on his legacy of like what he built here in Detroit at one point in time. These Cup winning teams and all that and what he's gonna be remembered for is this Oilers disaster because Bakersfield their affiliate's not good either. Um yeah. even mean, a, if there it's a slippery slope here, you know. If there is no trade, like if we can't shop Reimer, because I'm gonna agree with you. Huso and Lion at this exact moment on November 29th, that's your core goalies right now. If you're not going to carry three and you have to let one go on waivers, Reimer is the one that's going on waivers. And if he doesn't make it to Grand Rapids, you sign Michael Hutchinson from his PTO to an actual one-year deal. And Michael Hutchinson and Sebastian Kosa are your combination in Grand Rapids. And I don't think of a single Griffins fan that's going to complain about that. No, he's played well. The way he has played this season so far is exceeded my expectations of what I know of him just from – his time with the Marlies and his little bit in the NHL. He's playing the probably the best hockey of his career right now because he knows what he's playing for. He's playing for a deal. Yeah. And if he's here to mentor Kosa, that's going to be better than James Reimer mentoring Kosa. I think Griffin's fans have to accept the fact that you're probably not going to see either Alex Lyon or James Reimer in Grand Rapids with Kosa. It's going to be Michael Hutchinson. Kosa, and thank God we were able to sign Hutchinson to a PTO because it was about to be Kosa and Lethemann in Grand Rapids. And based on how the goaltending's been in Toledo lately, that might not have been the best situation. You know what's funny is before the season, I called Patrick Kane coming to Detroit, and that happened. And I also called the whole Lethemann, Lethemann and Kosa situation here. Yeah, that ain't going to happen, though. You know that. Yeah, but it, I mean, that's what we were at. That's where we were at before we're signing Hutch. Yeah, it's it's wild. I didn't think we'd be having this conversation 16 games into the season. I thought Hutch was a very temporary uh, solution to a problem, and he's turning out to be the permanent solution to the problem. 
So, in worst case scenario, you can always call Magnus, see what he's been doing. He might be bored. He's, he's still got his cool pads. Probably come back and play. I saw yeah, someone yeah. on Twitter pitching to Alex Lyon that he needs to update his pads, like uh, Magnus said. If that's how you make Red Wings fans happy, it's not your skill on the ice and whether you can stop pucks. Just have cool pads, and the Wings fans are happy. Cool mask, too. Cool masks do help. But, yeah, I just wanted to talk goalies for a second because Vasilevsky's back. Like, Is he playing well? He's in. He's played, he played well in his first couple games. So, uh, I think teams goalies. will stop holding three goalies here pretty soon. Goalies can now move freely. Goalies can move freely again. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know what? Actually, maybe we'll hold on to him because Ottawa doesn't know what's going on. So maybe they want a fourth one. They, they need some extra players in the bench for when half their team gets a game of misconduct. That whole organization is a whole other podcast. Oh, it's it, they, it could be a been, whole episode. They've been quiet lately, which is good. Thank God. Shut up. You guys suck. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to wrap up on Milwaukee, Grand Rapids, goalies before we jump into questions? No. All right. So I asked while prepping notes last night for some questions, and we had more than just one response this time. So thank you all. We appreciate you. We tripled our questions. We did. So first one is from our friends over at Hockey Town University podcast. Good guys. I've talked to them. Yeah. They said, how does Marco Casper look playing on the third line? Well, the points are there. Is he doing a good job shutting the opposition down? How does he look on the power play or penalty kill, if on either? You're asking me? Asking, I'm asking you, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to take it, the first. Uh, I'll let you take the first one. So, Marco Casper. And this is how I explain Marco Casper to people. Marco. Hola. Yeah, I'm trying to find him. Like, he's he's just kind of there on the ice. He's not making anything crazy plays like ammo where he's flashy or fast. It's not really his style. He's a two-way center. That's what they drafted him for. He's not making mistakes in the defensive end. He's not making crazy plays in the offensive end. He's he's just kind of there. So every once in a while, I have to yell, Marco, just to know where he's at, you know? The, I mean, that's the problem that I have with him. Like, I'm I'm so spotlit on Amadeus because he makes a name. Like he, you could tell when he's out there, not because he's super short and fast, but he's just, he's just, he's making plays. Marco, I we said this previously too. Like, it's just gonna take him time. He's got to adjust to the ice and the style and the pace of play here. But like scrums, he's getting in the dirty like zones. He's He's getting the puck out of the area. Um, he's just, I don't think he has the right people on his, on his wingers to be able to like get the goals. And they haven't really split him up with those guys either. No. He's, he's um, been with that same line all season, which is weird. Right? I think, yeah, no, he, he's been pretty close to the same line all season. Me personally, if I if you take Marco Casper and throw him as the fourth line center on the Detroit Red Wings, he's gonna fit in just fine right now. I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't I think you're taking guy minus guy and he's the guy. He's like Joe Valeno last year. He played enough to like fill a spot, but never did anything crazy. 
and that's Marco right. Casper. Like the problem, <laughs> the problem with that is Joe Valeno freaking tore it up this year. With Grand Rapids. Oh, in GR. Yes. So I'm not worried about Marco Casper. I hinted at the beginning when we talked about him. I said I would speak more on it later. I think Marco Casper is going to follow the same exact development path mid-season as Simon Edmondson did, where the first half of the season you're like, okay, he's here, but like, what's he doing? And he was still adjusting to the ice and the people and everything. And then probably after the Christmas break, you're going to see Marco Casper going from what he is now to goal scorer, setup guy, and absolutely just probably dropping people with big hits because he has the ability to do that at this level. Uh, the kid is a monster. This is going to be a player just like Amadeus where Red Wings fans have to be patient. I know Casper got one game in, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I really hate that the Red Wings did that because it set the expectations so high for this kid. I do not see a point where Marco Casper is a call-up this season. I, I just don't see that. Yeah. Unless he, if he follows the same development path as Simon Edmondson, where he comes out of the Christmas break and absolutely tears it up, he could he could get his nine games in Detroit if they're not on the playoff push. Sure, but if they're on a playoff push, he's not getting that call up. He's not getting. He's going to take time. They're and, on the playoff push. Correct. <laughs> yeah, so he's not getting time. Don't even set that yeah. expectation, Brandon. No, you're going to let a lot of people down. <laughs> exactly. You're right. So. So, I mean, with that, Marco, I love him as a player. I love what he brings to this team currently. And again, third line center or first line center second. I don't think the center position matters in Grand Rapids as much as people would say it does in the NHL because Dan Watson is spreading the talent around this team to bring other people up around them. So he expects, just like Amadeus, that Marco is going to bring up the people around him, which for the last few games has been Esperance and Cross Hannes and haven't produced a high level by any means, but they haven't made mistakes. They cleaned up defensively on those lines. So what's do you have Marco's like plus minus? Yes. Marco's plus minus. He's a minus one right now. 16 games in one goal, four assists, five points, minus one, four penalty minutes. He has 24 shots on goal so far this season. In comparison, just because we brought him up as a center, Amadeus Lombardi, 15 games in, so one less than Marco. Three goals, three assists, six points, plus two, 21 shots on goal. So right now, if you look at it stats-wise, Amadeus is outpacing Marco Casper. On the fourth line. On the fourth line. But this AHL fourth <laughs> yeah. line is something different because we've seen we've seen glimpses of Dom Shine and Tyler Spees are just absolutely terrorizing the AHL. So it it is what it is at this point. Just don't expect Marco Casper to make that jump to the Red Wings this year. Just be patient. Patience is going to be key with quite a few of these prospects, which is where I respect the fact of Steve Eiserman signing guys like Patrick Kane and stuff like that, getting us hopefully into the playoffs without these prospects having to face that pressure of, oh my God, I'm here. I need to make this team get to the playoffs. Anything else you want to add to Marco there? No, I think, I think we, we, we found it. Paulo. Next question from our good buddy, Randy here. He said, the main player for me is Amo. (laughs) Same, same buddy, same. Uh, Considering getting a Jersey. Would recommend. 10 out of 10. 
Yep. Yeah, we both have Flint ones. Well, Nick's is on the way. Mine's here. Uh, want a Grand Rapids one with his name on it, too. Don't worry. Uh, what more can the kid do to set himself uh, on that top line? Keep doing no. what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. Again, I don't think the sentence to the fourth line for him is a punishment. I think it's Amadeus, you're extremely talented. You're going to take some seasoning in the AHL. I think this kid's got two years in the AHL, probably minimum at this point. But you're going to take some time here. Go learn from these veterans on this fourth line what they do. Find that grittiness to your game and go out there and help them also be better players on the offensive side. And he's done it. I mean, he's absolutely doing that. If that's what Watson told him to do, again, we can only speculate. But if we're right on that, he's doing exactly what he's been told to do by Dan Watson. We obviously love this kid, not just because the Flint connection. We just love it. I think he's just genuinely a nice, a nice guy. I think he has the right play style. And I think he has a bright, bright future as a Red Wing. It's just going to take time. Do I think he's going to be a first-line Red Wing player at any point? No. Second yeah. line? No. Third line? Probably. But if that's oh. your third line center and he delivers the talent that he's shown that he has in on that third line with the Red Wings, holy smokes, guys, get ready. He did uh him and somebody else just did a charity event for the kids. Yeah, it was him. Oh god, who wasn't it a Flint player? No, it was a Griffin player. It's one of the Griffins. Oh crap, I don't remember who. Yeah, big community guy. And as you know, like I mean, where did he go for Thanksgiving? He went back to Flint. He back went to, to a Firebirds game and all that stuff. The kids bought in everywhere he's been. I see him share on Instagram stories all the time, you know, Firebirds highlights, stuff like that. Like once he's at a place, he's he's bought in. He's a big team guy. Yeah. I respect the crap out of this guy. I, I think he's I think he's got a bright future. I really do. I can't wait to meet him. I know. I know. I just wanna I just want to talk hockey with him. I don't even care about like who you play for. I just want to talk. He seems like somebody that you would genuinely just want to talk hockey about. Yeah. Yeah. Randy also said bonus comment. You guys rock. It was spectacular to meet you guys last game. It was Randy. Thank you. We appreciate that. His next game will be his birthday game. So we'll make sure to shout that out when that happens. Cause it ain't time for his birthday yet. No, I thought it was this Wednesday. I thought it was today. No, it's, it's the 13th. 13th. Everybody tell Randy happy birthday on the 13th. You better do it. We're watching. Go to the game. We'll sing happy birthday. Oh, God. You will sing. I No one's catching me singing. Fair. I'll do it. Uh, last question was from, it goes by Vinman on Twitter. I have a question. Why isn't Kosa playing? He's there to be developed. No? Question mark. Hutch doesn't need to be developed. and They're playing a last, or last place team. I don't get the decision making here. You know what? Vinman, we thought the same thing, and then I looked at the numbers. Uh, Hutch, up until tonight, eight games played, and Costa had seven. They were pretty even split until the night. Now Hutch is at nine, Costa's at seven. We can assume that Costa's got a flu bug. That's it. Nothing more to read into it at this point. Yeah, we the AHL's weird. So this has been our, our biggest thing since we started the podcast is what is this team doing? Is it development? Is it winning? Like, what are what are, what direction are we going? And yeah. this this year, it kind of seems like they're trying to do they're trying to balance both. So they brought in these veterans to be able to hold the roster down, be competitive, bring the fans, and then they also have that those rookies coming in. 
Kosa, I mean, Dan Watson split Lethman and Kosa all last year. He, he's going to do the same. You see uh, Milwaukee's doing the same thing with Ascroft. They're literally split yep. just about. So I, if it's the flu, it's the flu. If not, I don't think it's a team. To, like, I don't think there's anything to read into it yet. Uh, Dan Watson speaks very highly of Kosa. He knows what, you know, Kosa means to the organization and to the fans. So I don't think there's anything of like, he's not playing well or anything like that. It's just they, they split. So I, I think you see that a lot the rest of the season. And then maybe next year you see Kosa take more of that, like 10 games to like six, you know, whoever the backup is or seven go that route. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself there. I think Dan Watson, if, if any coach in the AHL is going to have Sebastian Kosa's back, it's Dan Watson. I will trust what he's doing here with him. Now, if we go like a 10-game stretch and Kosa hasn't seen time, we'll talk. We'll have that discussion then. But right now, there's no worries there. Kosa has played fantastic hockey. His numbers are better than Michael Hutchinson's so far this season, um, even in some rough games that he's been in. But Hutchinson has also been playing some great hockey. We'll just let it balance out the way it is. I'm assuming we see Kosa this coming weekend, whether it's home or away. We don't know. I'm not complaining either way. We'll yeah, Hutchinson's Hutch been good. So yeah, we'll just we'll just let it balance out the way it is and just be patient with it. There's gonna again, Wadi knows what he's doing with Kosa. Don't expect. If anybody listening to this expects Sebastian Kosa to be in the Red Wings next season full-time, turn us off. You're, you're not getting that next season. I'm going to tell you that right now. If Askarov is still playing in Milwaukee, you're not getting Kosa in Detroit yet. Askarov's numbers are significantly better than almost every goaltender who's a prospect in the AHL right now, and he's still playing in the AHL. But this is his second season. This is Kosa's first. Give it time. Yeah. You'll get there. That's all I got on the Gosa piece. That's all. Yep. Before uh, I go off on any more tangents here on that blooper reel, that'll probably stay in a vault for a while. <laughs> Anything else you want to add this week, buddy? No. I'm good. You got me fired up just in time for me to edit this. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, give you that extra juice. Oh. It's midnight and I have to start an edit. That takes about two hours at least. This is and your then- fault. This is totally your fault. Bye. Yeah. All right. Before I beat Nick, even though he's not next to me. Good thing we did this remote. Thank God. Thank you all for tuning in this week to the Thursday episode of the show. We appreciate everybody. If you like supporting us, the options there for Patreon to jump in and support the show. Uh, Randy and Michael have both jumped in and helped us out. We appreciate both you guys. And of course, as always, thank you to our host, Hockey Podcast Network. We appreciate y'all. Amazing hosts bringing on new hockey podcasts every single day. We've been some cool people to really talk to lately in our new group chat. That's been fun. Um, But yeah, shout out to our sponsors, DraftKings, Raycon. Appreciate you guys. I appreciate you, sir, for staying up till midnight with me recording this. And we'll talk to you guys after the Griffins beat the living crap out of the Milwaukee Admirals for two games. Uh, thank you for listening to the last two episodes that were unedited and sticking with us. All right. All right. I thought we were done with that.
Love you. Bye. I hate you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Love you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeyTownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.